Hello, and welcome to Book Reviews Kill, a podcast about fantasy, sci-fi, and horror novels. I'm Chad. And I'm Evan. And you are listening to the Monday Morning Minute. And this week in fictional news, a new Middle Earth book titled The Fall of Numenor will be published on November 10th, 2022. This volume covers events in the Second Age of Middle-Earth, including the Akalabeth, which is the last part of the Silmarillion, which recounts the demise of the island kingdom of Numenor. Also included are a genealogy of the kings of Numenor, a map of the island, and an incomplete short story called Alderion and Arendis, the Mariner's Wife. Because when I want a story, I don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> ever ever Not ever will it ever end an incomplete short story <laughs> anyway well i think that's awesome yeah i think there needs to be more like lord of the rings content who's writing it uh it's been edited by tolkien scholar and expert brian sibley uh and he previously wrote the early uh 1980s bbc radio adaptation of lord of the rings and he was a consultant on the uh, the, the peter jackson movie trilogy so oh, he wow. knows he knows what he's doing what an awesome world that we live in where Tolkien Scholar is a job. <laughs> you know that uh, I think I can't remember if there's more than one, but I know that there is a college where you can major in Tolkien. Wow. I think there's only like one college in England that does it. And, you know, uh, people could fact check that. <laughs> I can you imagine in like 1700s, sure they're like struggling to feed their families and they're like, you can what? What's a what's a <laughs> career? You know, people are like learning how to speak Klingon and stuff. Well, they just don't know how awesome Klingon is. So I know it's, it's jokes a on them. Really transformative language. Uh, but it, it, this seems like kind of a, a greatest hits kind of thing, uh, much in the style of you know Baron and Luthien and the Children of Huron. Mm-hmm. I think um, some of the, none of this is like unreleased. I think it's just kind of a compendium of certain things that are related to the fall of Numenor. So like some of this is from the Silmarillion. Like I'm pretty sure. Uh, the Akalabeth is like the last part of the Silmarillion, I think, which recounts like Numenor sinking into the ocean. And then uh, I think there's part of the unfinished tales in here. And uh, the genealogy stuff is probably taken from the appendices at the end of Return of the King. So, um, But I think that's kind of what they did with Children of Huron and Baron and Luthien. It's like there's like this kind of narrative, but they take different things that Tolkien had done and kind of combine it into one all related thing. Like a hmm, book. And then expand upon it, you think? Or just kind of put it in there? I don't think it's expanded on, no. I think it's all, like, so uh, Baron and Luthien and Children of Huron, I'm pretty sure was, like, edited together by Christopher Tolkien. But Christopher Tolkien died a few years ago. So it Tolkien's looks like they're, son. They're, yeah, they're, they're bringing this guy on now. Um, but it is going to have art by Alan Lee. And if any of you don't know who Alan Lee is, look up his art, because it's amazing. And he's already done a few, he's done a lot of, like, Lord of the Rings-related art. Like I've got a trilogy. I have like four Lord of the Rings trilogies, <laughs> but one of mine is with art by Alan Lee, and he did a really fantastic job on those. I'm looking at pictures. Yeah, the cover of this book is really cool. This is gorgeous. Yeah, I'm gonna I want to buy it. I don't even care. <laughs> I don't care. I'm, it's gonna take me like three years to get to it, but I'm still gonna. <laughs> Somebody was nice enough to buy me um the Nature of Middle Earth, which is this beautiful. If you're listening and you're the one that bought this for me, I really appreciate it because it is a beautiful book about middle earth and it is like the densest nerdiest thing on my shelf and i absolutely love it so much it's so it goes into like the cloth that elves were using in wow. <laughs> like their shoes and shit like, <laughs> it's so great it's like a textbook at a college but for middle earth let's go i'm into that's it that's so awesome there's a really famous picture with um treebeard i believe because it's like a 
person tree. And that's by Alan Lee. I'm just looking at his art right now. And I was like, oh, I recognize that photo. Right. Yeah, there's some really famous. You wouldn't know it until you looked at the the credits, but you've probably already seen some Alan Lee stuff. He's like the Tolkien artist. Yeah, I know. think one of my books might even have this picture of Rivendell on the front that he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, what have you been doing this week? Uh, I have been reading some good books, watching some good shows, as always. Uh, not as much watching this week, but uh, I did. And I know I'm like a year behind on this one, but I did watch The Mandalorian, some of the first season. Hey, I've seen that. Really? Wow, hey, we can like talk first... about something. <laughs> guys, guys, guys. If this is the first time listening to our podcast, this is a momentous occasion uh, because I don't think wow. I have ever mentioned a show that Evan was like, hey, I watched that one. <laughs> hey, I watched that. It's really good. It is really good. Yeah, I like it a lot. I still haven't seen the second season, but that first season, let's it's talk really about good. that. <laughs> I, it took me like 20 minutes to get over Tiny Yoda. What do you mean, get over Tiny Yoda? I just, it was, at first, it was, like, kind of hokey, and I just didn't, kind no. of, like, broke the wall for me. I was no. like, what is this little guy doing? Like, I don't know. It seemed like the, their attempt to be Who so cute. And then I was like, doing. all right, it is really cute. Fell in love. Yeah. Just like we all did. Yeah, he was, he was pretty adorable really and pretty cute. cool. Yeah. It's really cool how it's, like, this whole, like, fellowship of bounty hunters. Yeah. That, I like that a lot. Like, that's where, if you've ever heard me say, this is the way, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is the way they even show some squabbling in the bounty hunters amongst themselves. But then when one of them needs them, they all rise to the occasion, swoop in and totally save him. And uh, I love the one of my favorite moments is when he's escaping that scene and a bounty hunter flies up next to him with a jetpack and like salutes him. And then he's like, I got to get me one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like everything John Favreau touches is just awesome. Mm -hmm. He just has a really good eye for this stuff. Yeah, it would be. I don't know who the main plays the act. I don't know who the actor is that plays the Mandalorian. I actually know that too. Cool. Oh, really? Yeah, Hit that's me. the um, that's the guy from uh, Game of Thrones. That's um, uh, the Viper, really? the Viper guy. Um, oh, Martell Oberon. Yeah, Oberon um, Martell. Yeah, I. It's so. I would be so disappointed if I was a kind of like not not well known actor, and the first job I get like a big job. And you never see my face. Um, but it's a very well done show. Yeah. Clearly, they have a really good budget, and I've been definitely enjoying it. I really want to watch uh, the new Obi Wan show. I just haven't had time. I've heard it's oh, great. Is it out? Yeah, it's out. I'm, yeah, I'm I think, it's, my I think list. the first season's done. That's going, and I'm talking about that next week. I'm definitely going to watch that. Oh, but I also want to watch the second season of Mandalorian right, too. I, I don't know if say, I have enough time. Man, Star Wars is so cool. Even when it's not cool, it's awesome. I know. It's like we all complain about a movie because there's always like everyone has their least favorite or whatever. But compared to the rest of cinema, it's pretty freaking cool. I would say the running average for Star Wars is favorable. Like it's yes, it's good. You know? Oh, yeah. It's like a net huge positive. Honestly, the only ones that I don't really like are The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker. Those are the only ones I don't like. Yeah. I like everything yeah, I'm, else. I'm pretty, much, I'm pretty much with you on that front. And even those, it's like they're still enjoyable. There's something about they're Star Wars. Long. I was long. Yeah, they're Sorry, long. I didn't mean to interrupt you. They're no, so you're fine. fucking long. They're like, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, and there's just some weird, like world breaking, like yeah. cool. I guess like Whatever. warp can go through another shit. Whatever. That was really cool. That was okay. I have to it was stop cool, you there. but it was ridiculous. It, make any, it was ridiculous, but like, and like, on, you're telling me that this look, freighter doesn't have a, an autopilot? She has to like go down with the ship. Like, it's like a two trillion dollar freaking freighter. You can't autopilot that thing. I gotta go down. I was like, no, you uh, don't. No, you were concerned with maybe the use Empire's a droid. Budget. <laughs> Come on, you have to admit that that 
was one of the coolest visual things you've ever seen in a Star Wars Visually movie, beautiful, right? yeah. So just stop there and just let it be. Sure, <laughs> just, sure, sure. You know you're, what? You're not there's, wrong. There's a scene right before that where Leia flies like Superman <laughs> back into the, <laughs> the cockpit. Even though she should be like frozen. Oh, my God. That oh, was man. so wild. No, she they... wouldn't have been frozen because of the Force. The Force... Oh, force. right. Warmed her up. Yeah, the metawarmians. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a like a juice that Star Wars has that no other movie has that like right. it's special. It's got this like energy to it that right. it's just I don't know how to put it into words, but you know it when you feel it. And it's only with Star Wars. I think it's the music, man. Maybe so. It, it's just like that. Yeah, it's like when you hear like the Skyrim theme song. Yeah, we've heard it our entire lives. <laughs> that was pretty good, like a organ, mouth organ there. Thank you. It's like when you know it's, uh, when I when I went and saw uh, Fantastic Beasts, uh, which is like not a great movie, but it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. Like the first Fantastic Beasts movie. I remember um, I went in the theater, and I think I saw it like that day, um, the day it came out. Um, I went to this big packed theater. It was sold out. Did people dress up? Um, no, because I think that was the midnight showing and I saw it like later yeah. the day that it came out. But so like the, the Warner Brothers logo comes up and there's like this kind of like swelly, like Harry Potter. It wasn't exactly like Hedwig's theme or anything, but it was like really similar. And the entire audience started clapping. And I was just kind of <laughs> like, yeah, that makes they a lot of sense because we, we, we've all been here eight times, right? Like we're here again. We didn't know if we'd be here again. And then obviously, you know, by the end of that movie, everybody was like, what the fuck did we just watch? Well, was that? Yeah. <laughs> but it's got a little bit of that same juice that we're talking zhuzh, about. The juice. Yeah. Man, yeah. I showed up uh, maybe a year or two ago for the opening of the Force Awakens video game. It had been a long time since I showed up to like a, a premiere game release. It was midnight. There was, it was cold. It was middle of winter. 100 people yeah. standing at midnight out there and half of them were dressed up to the nines i was like what yeah. we're still doing this awesome yeah it was so cool i was like people are awesome man i, I like people oh we're still gonna i mean we're i'm cool. sure even if uh even if and i'm sure they're working i think they are working on another, another star wars trilogy right now and you know that the second that movie comes out there's gonna be a midnight release people are gonna dress up it's a whole it's a whole last thing it's a whole ass you know? thing, and it's a cool ass thing. I, yeah, I like that. I, I celebrate it. I think it's amazing. I think it's really cool. Same, like, same. Let let people do their thing. Like it's it's almost like it's past whether or not the movies are good at this point. Yeah, you know, it could be nice. <laughs> It'd be really cool if the movies were good, but <laughs> like be so great. But I mean, for every miss, there's like two hits. Yeah, Wars, and it's about you know? the experience, and it is what you make it, you know. And if you want to go dress up and be a Jedi, like that's yeah. awesome. Thank God for nerds; we make the world interesting and fun. <laughs> what have you, did you read? Any books? What about? I books? did read some books, 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 books. So I uh, read *Sunlin Ascends*, which we'll get into on our podcast. We just uh, finished that episode, and let me tell you guys, it is a good one. It's a banger episode. It was a banger episode. Not not gonna be humble about it. I loved it. I'm still working on *Prince of Thorns*. I. I went against my own advice that we gave in like you a certainly did. Yeah, dude. Because like a couple of weeks ago, we're like, okay, the, how, talking about how many books you should read at the same time. And I was like, you know, you're not getting through books any faster by reading more at the same time. You're just kind of maybe making yourself more confused. And then like the next week, I started three books simultaneously from different so, series. Yeah, from different series. So it was dumb, oh, dumb, buddy. dumb, dumb. So now, let I'm, me just let me recount this and see if I can. If I can oh, remember okay. what you're doing. So you're reading the first book in the Broken Empire by Mark Lawrence. Yep. You're reading the second book in the Poppy War trilogy yeah. by R.F. Kuang. 
You're reading the second book in the Six of Crows duology by Lee Bardugo. Indeed, I am. You're reading the second book in the Books of Babel series by Josiah Also that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, mistakes were made. Oh, buddy. I know. So I'm really just kind of rough, trying to rush and finish um, Prince of Thorns. So that way I can put a pause on the Broken Empire. Right. That's short. It's really short. Yeah. So I, I got another couple hours on it and then I'll be done. Uh, and I, I've sink my teeth just, just, uh, just a teensy little bit, just a little tasty taste into Crooked Kingdom, and already loving it. So, yeah, I think you'd do it. You could probably hammer out Crooked Kingdom and Prince of Thorns pretty quickly. And then if I yeah, were you, too. I would just focus on Poppy War and Books of Babel because those are pretty yeah. different. Those are really different series. Oh yeah, they're very different. Yeah, I just got to clean up my mistakes, which was, I mean, it's weird for me to say that. The Six of Crows was a mistake, yeah, but a mistake. I mean, it's a, one of my favorite books I've read this year. I mean, I understand getting really excited yeah, about so stuff. Yeah, I get, I get like that too. Sometimes, like I've been really tempted to just pick up the first uh, *Heir to the Empire*, the first Thrawn book, the Star Wars books, like because yeah. it is probably radically different. It's like military sci-fi, right? I mean, it's probably yeah, it's very way good. different than *Books of Babel*, but I'm very just, different. I'm staying the course, and I'm only reading. For, for the most part, I'm only reading two books at a time right now. And that was the golden zone that we talked about that one time. Yeah. I think I'm st- so right now, I'll talk about what I'm doing later. You did a good job following our own advice. I, however, not so great. Tune in next week to see if Chad can clean up <laughs> over the next week. Uh, and then one other thing that I wanted to mention before I'll, I'll hand the mic over here was I heard an awesome quote that was never attribute to malice what can be equally explained or well accounted for by ignorance. So often we see the way that people like treat us as like them being jerks or mean or something. It's like, maybe they're just not aware. They're not getting it. Yeah. Like we always think like the boss did that because he hates me. It's like the boss probably didn't even think about you when he made that decision, you know, or they're thinking about something else. Yeah. They're thinking about something else. So it's just kind of a nice reminder to like, don't always think that other people are, singling you out and being a jerk towards you when really they're just like acting out of ignorance which is not great but at least it's it's better it's than being not great. purposefully yeah. malicious i didn't know we were sharing quotes yeah i don't know i just thought on it like the last three or four days and yeah. me and my buddy have been having this like ongoing really good conversation about that for i don't know three or four days now so i thought i'd bring it up what uh what have you been up to this last week and i've read so much stuff this week and i haven't really been making very many like videos and reviews and stuff because i've been busy with other things um but I finished Senlin Ascends, obviously, really enjoyed it. We've got a whole episode about that. Um, I finished Christine by Stephen King. It was great. It was really good. That was the best Stephen King book I read all year. And I've been reading one. Wow. I've been reading one a month for the whole year. So um that was the sixth one I've read this year. It was fantastic. Just would you put it into your top five favorite Stephen Kings of all time? I think it's in my top ten. Wow. And for everybody listening, uh, I am doing a, I'm going to rank all the Stephen King books I've ever read. I'm going to put it on the podcast. So that'll be cool. But I'm, that's kind of like my back burner project right now. But yeah, I think Christine's in the top 10, which is so funny because I had a lot. I was, I was hesitating to read it. It had been on my shelf for so long. And I thought this is going to be such a dumb book. Like they made a dumb movie out of it. Who cares? It's a haunted car. It's it's a haunted car that kills people, right? Oh, yeah. It kills the shit out of people. Yeah. Like in a really brutal graphic way. And it's so maybe, maybe it just takes 500 pages for a scary car to be scary, but he did it. And it's not even that it's honestly, it wasn't even 
scary. It was sad. It's like a sad book. It's about a person that just goes all the way obsessed with something. You know, I mean, I feel like you could liken it to a lot of different things. Hmm. And we've all, I feel like we, we can all kind of relate, not necessarily to being obsessed with something to the point that it like, you know, completely ruins your entire life, but getting obsessed with something to the point where it's probably unhealthy, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of people could totally relate to that. And I think Stephen King could relate to that a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a really fantastic book. Good on Stephen for creating and taking an idea and not only injecting it with like a lesson, but also making it a good book. Like if you were like, deep. Hey, Chad, I got a, I got a story in mind about a scooter that is also a vampire. I'd be like, eh, maybe hit the next one that comes into your brain. <laughs> it was weird. Cause when I first started it, I was like, this is going to be so dumb, but the book is my, for the most part, it's in first person from the perspective of the kid's friend, not the kid. Interesting. Right? Not the kid who's being um, kind of taken over by this entity that is this car. It's all from the perspective, well, not all of it, but most of it is the perspective of his friend who's watching him go through it. Ooh. So it's like, if you just, you know, maybe that's a lesson for writers out there. It's like, if you're having trouble kind of like wrapping around an idea, maybe try skewing the perspective over a little bit. Like who, who could have the most to say about this situation? Right, because none of us can relate to being infatuated with a car, but we can all relate to watching a friend uh, make a bunch of series of dumpster fire right. decisions and, and being helpless to do anything about it. Yeah. You know, like somebody is kind of like digging their own grave, so to speak. And it's like, after a while, like how much help can you really give somebody after a while? Like how many times can you tell someone you're worried about them? You know, and like, that's what the book was about. It didn't matter that it was a car. It could have been anything, you know, but sure. Stephen King just wanted to use a car and it's just, like it was just really eye opening to me, like even like as a writer and a reader that you can make a lot like ideas are cheap. Ideas are really cheap. Like I think Brandon Sanderson said that he was talking about like uh, Jurassic Park. It's like, mm. you know, uh, somebody is able to recreate dinosaurs and puts them in a theme park, you know, <laughs> but it's not the, world ending. But the I mean, in my opinion, like this, the the uh, the story in Jurassic Park is the people that are dealing with this situation. It's the, uh, it's, it's chaos theory that, that Ian Malcolm is talking about. And each, each part of Jurassic Park, um, there's like this cool little illustration, at least in the copy that I have of these little like plots on like a graph. And it shows how this, um, it's getting more chaotic and more chaotic as it goes. That's oh, what the book is about. You know, like he, like Michael Crichton was just using dinosaurs in a theme park, which is admittedly like one of the coolest ideas ever Definitely. but it's like you could use that disaster situation to have a story about people in this chaotic setting with the backdrop of this chaostician talking about how these events unfold and how it's inevitable that it's going to end up in disaster and how we're reaching too far with technology like that's the story you know right. I mean? so yeah the, how cool yeah, christine really made me think like a lot and it's so it's so cool how like i was able to pull most of that out of a book that i didn't even really feel like reading uh two questions not to take your super deepness and go super shallow with it but have go you seen shallow. the new trailer for the new jurassic park i heard it was garbage i, I think that's like really, really cool <laughs> go watch it yeah <laughs> i'm definitely gonna definitely gonna because you see like dinosaurs all across the world and they're like running around through cities and stuff and like i don't know i like that sort of take we all have we've been to the island so many times that i'd like to see you know some of them tearing through new york you know how I judge a movie or at least like a movie that is allegedly supposed to be good, but it's like 
probably not or whatever right. it's the way that I one of the ways that I judge whether or not I really want to go see something that's like in this continuing franchise is can I remember anybody's names from the first from the first movie hmm. right so it's like in Jurassic World the, the first one with Chris Pratt I don't remember anybody I don't not remember one character's name from that movie so same obviously it didn't hit you know what I mean? Like, I mean, and it, you know, it might you just hit remember the, the weaponizing velociraptors. <laughs> and I do <laughs> remember a giant like sea dinosaur coming up. Yeah, and, like, those are always crunching cool. on like that. So I do remember the feeling of watching cool things happen on a movie screen sometimes in a movie. But um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, watch it. I'm sure it's cool. Yeah. Like, it'll be I a mean, fun romp. Yeah, I mean, if you throw two hundred million dollars at anything, it's probably kind of cool. <laughs> so. Right. At the worst case scenario, I get to see awesome dinosaurs destroying things and like, oh, sounds like a good time yeah, um, not not everything has to be this like airtight deep story either, yeah exactly you know? uh secondly does the car talk or does it like telepathically mm, communicate or kind of not really kind of kind of not really okay. kind of okay um it's it's more of like a i don't want to give anything away because i think if you if you like stephen king um Definitely check it out. I don't know if I would recommend it for somebody that's never read Stephen King before because it's pretty long. Like it's a very it's five hundred pages, and the word count is like one hundred eighty five thousand, which a little longer than the, the print is really small. But yeah, I mean the car is it's like its own thing. You know? Okay, I think everyone probably wants me to ask you, and I also want to ask you, what is the Stephen King book that you would recommend for someone who's never read it to be their first? Um, I would say Misery, probably. Misery. Mm -hmm. Okay. Misery or Salem's Lot is another really good one to start with. Or The Shining. The Shining's great. Um, especially if you've seen the movie, you kind of already know what it's about. Misery is it's just a very good showcase of how how good of a job Stephen King does with suspense and making you uncomfortable. It's like it's like the tightest story. Like from from like the first chapter, you're just like, how the hell is this guy gonna get out of this situation? Like what Oh my God, this is terrifying. Like this man is locked in a house in the middle of nowhere with an absolute psychopath. It's and it's like 280 pages or something. It's it's pretty short. It's a very good way to see if you're into that kind of writing. Okay. And it's and it's like, in my opinion, like peak, like right in the zone for Stephen King, like the eighties. Okay. Know? Like his 70s stuff is good. There's some stuff that's been coming out lately that's been pretty good too. Um I don't know, I'm not a big fan of much. Uh, from like the late '90s, early 2000s era, like that. That's yeah, a lot of things rough. tended to dip then, like hip hop music, <laughs> like a real dive. But man, the last few years we've been coming up. Now I got to give you, uh, I got to applaud you a little bit here because Evan and I talk books off the air and on the air three to ten times a week, and every Monday morning minute I add at least two books recommended by you to my. <laughs> And I know you haven't read them that way. Like, when are you going to run out? It's incredible. I'm never going to run out. Like, in every month, I add eight to ten more. You're the maestro, I, my friend. It's, uh, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is some sort of, like, if it's some kind of, like, collected consciousness kind of thing or something. But I've been getting frequent comments on my TikTok videos. There's two different kinds. There's one that says, I can't keep up with all these recommendations. <laughs> Which is like the general, yeah, I get that. And then there's this other one, and I've gotten like 10 of these comments, and they all say something to this effect. 
I have to unfollow you, which makes my heart stop a little bit, yeah, by what? the way. I have to unfollow you because my bank account can't handle all these oh. recommendations. And I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty it, good, unco- pretty you know, good compliment, way, not it compliment. Is, and I appreciate it, but it's the way that the TikTok uh, interface works is like when I see a notification for a comment, if I, if it's, I can only see like the, I have to unfollow First few you words. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, what did I do? Right, and you you get you know three thousand comments on your video, so there's a good chance you'll never see the rest of that. <laughs> right, sometimes, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I will I will always keep the recommendations flowing, just like the spice. The recommendations must flow. And the good thing here is it's recorded, so right. you never have to keep pace. You can access it anytime. Anytime. Uh, what else? I'm I'm also reading Berserk. Uh, I'm on. I'm about to finish Volume Two, the deluxe edition, which I think is like. I think that means I'm on like book seven or six or seven or something out of like 40. So I still have a long ways to go on Berserk. The thing with Berserk is I love it so much, but I can't afford to be spending $50 a week. They're expensive. On, they're really expensive. And I can't even, like one of our, one of our lovely, lovely followers bought me volume two, but I can't bring myself to put it on the wish list and have people buy it for me man you're it's up so person expensive. who's wondering what no, can i do so to thank this is your time to shine baby i'm just gonna <laughs> i'm just gonna do it like it berserk is gonna take me a while because i want i'm just gonna buy you know book three when i get paid or like when we you know what i mean it's just yeah. i gotta just i i mean believe me if if i had the means i would just drop like four hundred dollars on berserk and just sit in one spot and seriously burn through all of it in like three days because it's that good it is so good it's i don't even i don't i don't even know how to like (laughs) it's like exactly what i've been wanting as far as like a visual medium for reading fantasy you know what i mean like a a, Mm. um, like a manga or like i didn't know it was out i didn't know it was a thing um and like anime gets recommended to me all the time and i'll like watch a couple episodes and i'm like that's kind of what i had in mind but it's not quite the thing and then berserk is the thing and i hate that you're making me want to read it so bad because my so bank account also oh can't God, afford it's so expensive <laughs> um and you know i could probably find a way to pirate it or something but i don't want to i don't like doing no, that I especially want, with I don't art want, like that. yeah i don't want to do that and I'm, I'm not into to that um like kentaro miura is not no longer with us but there is a whole team at his old studio that is still putting these books out and still and they're working and you know i want to support Need to feed their families I support and stuff. that art yeah and i like dark horse comics a lot too um dark horse is a really good comic book company maybe it'll be all the special all the more special for the rate at which you consume it kind of like a, a cake that's so delicious it's better in small bites you know you eat the whole thing at once you get a tummy ache so uh maybe it's a good thing you know silver lining Maybe because a lot of people in the comments on some of the videos I've already made about Berserk are just like, you wait, man, it's going to get really dark. <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't just read it all in like one sitting. I mean, I'm tempted. Uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, um, I don't know. I haven't really. I'm still playing Fallout New Vegas. I like that game a lot. You writing anything new? Yeah, I'm trying to hit 2000 words a day right now. Which Whoa. is Yeah, it's a lot. It's a tall order. How many pages is that? Uh, like six. Okay. Six or seven. It's a lot of pages. Yeah, and I'm trying to get them fairly clean, but at the same time, um, I don't know. I like just I like just vomiting everything out yeah. and going and fixing it later. But you know, that's been kind of my process for a couple of years now, and the revisions are 
really hard <laughs> when you just don't really care about what it looks like and you just keep vomiting it all up but i mean that's how that's how it all gets out you know like but i'm having a lot of fun with that i mean i started a new project that's kind of um like horror thriller kind of thing because i had this big like fantasy project that i was working on it was kind of a standalone fantasy book and i'm hard in the revisions for that i'm like in a, a third rewrite for it right now and it's just it's I'm really happy with the progress that I've made on it, but it's still kind of a mess. And I was like, I needed a break from it. I needed to, I wanted to Alec do Glenzer. something. Yeah. Like this, this is a whole uh, horror thriller novel, uh, novel that only takes place in one house. Ooh, can the you give us thing, a taste of the story? Um, Say little a, nibblings. Sure. Yeah. It's a, it's about an old man who finds a mysterious door in his basement. Ooh. That's all I'm going to say. But um, I really like this character a lot. I'm having a lot of fun. I can relate a lot, even though he's a very old man. But I'm re- I'm having a lot of fun with it. Like I'm I'm really I'm really enjoying like even thinking about it when I'm not writing it, which is a super good sign. That's a really good sign. I was just going to say, just like a good book when you like can't wait to get off work so you can go like get back into that world. It's a sign that that's a really good book, and the fact that you're still thinking about it is. Uh means you're excited about it which means you're probably and evan is one of the most self-critical people i know so if he's stoked on something it's like probably fucking great <laughs> yeah and you know what i think i'm just gonna seriously like i I've, i talk about writing all the time and i know that you people write are, all the time well i know that some people are probably like is this guy gonna release anything or is this all gas like is this guy just you know um but like i think that with this i'm just gonna do a rewrite at some point probably but i think i'm gonna like stop it around like 60 70 000 words get a cover on it and just put it the fuck on the internet, man. Like I'm just, I'm not, I, I think I'm going to change my name. Um, I have my fantasy name, which is like my name. And then I think I'm going to have like a horror thriller kind of name nice. that I'm going to use. Um, and I kind of want to try, I kind of want to do the, uh, that kind of like eighties Stephen King kind of like big, bold letters at the top with like yeah, one yeah. image, you know, and then like the name of it on the bottom and like the I love black that. cover. Uh, yeah. I think I want to try the letters like, are slightly raised. Right. Yeah. 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 Like the John Saul, Dean Coons, Stephen King kind of stuff from from like the late 80s, early 90s kind of thing. So, yeah. Have you, uh, is there any names in the contending list? That'd be so hard for me. Yeah. Uh, I think I'm going to choose uh, E.L. Scott. Ooh, that's nice. So, like, like my first initials, uh, obviously E, and then my last name starts with an L, and then my middle name is Scott, and it's also my dad's name is Scott. Oh, so it's so, basically still your name. Yeah, the E.L. Oh. Scott uh, for, well, for the horror writer name. So I can think I can confidently speak for the rest of the book community that we are so stoked for the first Evan Lycan or E.L. Scott novel to uh, hit our hands. It's so nerve wracking, man. Like it's like <laughs> it's like what if it's just garbage? What if it's garbage? But you know, I'm, I I read I read a lot, you know, and so it's like I feel like with some confidence I can say it's probably not. It is not. I've read some of your work and it's definitely not garbage. Uh, And even if it is garbage, which it won't be, but even if it is, then cool. Now you have all of the world to improve for the next one. Fail your way to the top. Right, exactly. It's like, I'm cool with like, I want to have something ready for people to read on Amazon that they can put on their Kindle or order a book to be sent to them before the end of the year. Yeah. Let's go. Let's get it done. You know, I think it's a pretty common problem, but thing barrier in the minds of artists especially that they have to have it 
perfect before they expose any part of it to the world. Right. And it's kind of sad because I think there's so much awesome art out there that has never been revealed. No one's ever been able to enjoy it because people never consider themselves ready. They're perfectionists. They don't want to release it until it's perfect. And it's like, man, obviously don't throw out garbage, but at the same time, start before you're ready, put it out there. People are a lot more willing to give you the benefit of the doubt than you're probably thinking they are. Well, and you know, people can take a chunk out of anything, right? I mean, you can really, I mean, I, I, I always, I always look at people like, um, like Daniel Johnston or, or Bob Dylan, um, like songwriters like that, who don't have a conventionally or like pavement, you know, like pavement's like a good example of like, like not like this conventionally, like on key, like beautiful sounding like voice, you know? Yeah. Um, and, but it's like, it, like it works, you know? And it, and it's like, if they had compared themselves to Whitney Houston, right? right. So like, if I just, if I can't get it to that level, then what's the point of me even putting it out? It's like, well, then we wouldn't have pavement. Yeah, that was a great analogy. Have, yeah, like we wouldn't have Jan- Daniel Johnston. Like we wouldn't, you know, so it's... Yeah, and I can't sing and I love it when I hear that because I'm like, oh, look at that. Someone who has no more singing talent than me can make it. I feel like with art, at least, you're expressing yourself and connecting with people. Right. You know, like the other bells and whistles around it are nice. And I think, and I like a lot of art that has those. But like if if you if you really are expressing yourself, even if it's not perfect because you're not, that connection will be there somewhere. You know, yeah, it's just a matter it's just a matter of how honesty. many connections you're getting, you know, like that's yeah. a whole other thing. But, you know, if you're reaching somebody, that's really cool. And you don't necessarily need to make art in order to reach somebody either. It's perfectly within your rights to keep it to yourself. That's totally, you know, some people make art, um, pe- people draw and then nobody ever sees their drawings. People write songs and nobody ever hears their songs. And it's for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I write almost eight bars every day just because it's more like a rhyming journal. I just like doing it, you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I don't know if some, there's just something something in my makeup. I don't know what it is. Like something in there, I, I do want it. I do want people to connect with it. And yeah. I don't know. I don't think that there's a, I don't think it's like you're an artist if people are connecting with it. I don't think that's a thing, you know? Like you're an artist if you're, an, if you're doing it, you know? Right. But I just so happen to want, I want to put it out. You know, uh, yeah, and maybe some, you know, I'll get some one star reviews where people are like, this guy should just be a plumber or something. Uh, and the name like, of the wind has one star reviews till you're blue in the face. And I'm like I said, I can speak for us all when we want that. Evan, give us yeah. your books. I'm working hard. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to I know I'm sure that a lot of people that are listening to this that make art and even more specifically are trying to write themselves like it's difficult with everything else you've got going on to like, you know, find the time to like stare at your own ineptitude on the screen (laughs) you know what i mean like it's it's challenging you know there's a lot of resistance that gets in the way of that it's tough it really is just a matter of sitting down that's what i'm doing it i feel like with writing especially specifically with writing it's kind of on a pedestal it almost has to be good if you're gonna do it because there's so many good writers out there right and it's just that's just not true it's not pointless if it's not good you know what i mean that's that did I say that correctly? Not yeah, I did. It's yeah. Not, yeah, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah, it's not pointless if it's not good. It's pointful. Yeah, and you know what? It's, <laughs> well said. Well, it's all in the eye of the beholder. To like, what is even good? You know what I mean? Yes, we have you know measuring things for that, and I don't want to like destroy reality here. But if you think something might like, there's somebody out there who likes everything. 
Like there's so many stupid t-shirts that are awesome to somebody. <laughs> I know. I see so, like, people wearing them <laughs> all the time. Yeah. And you're like, wow. You know, like that guy's wearing like a mixed stud shirt and I would never be caught dead in that. But you know what? He's rocking it. He's killing it. He thinks it's cool. And he, so whoever made that shirt's probably made a couple grand off of it. And so I was at, when I was in the airport in, uh, in London, just recently, I saw somebody wearing a shirt that said, um, if I wanted your opinion, I'll ask for it. Yeah. And it was kind of just like little snarky shirt. Like no one's what? Nobody like who <laughs> if you get asked your opinion a lot. <laughs> are you a, just an you're advice so person? Sick. Like at this point, it's just like, oh man, I need to get a shirt or something. Like I'm so sick of people giving <laughs> me their opinion. Uh but but I was like, hey, you know what? You you picked that. You wanted to wear it. Like whatever. Like yeah, if it's if you, if it connected with you, you know, that's cool. You know, like yeah. I I don't like Stereo Lab. I don't think they're. Yeah. I don't I don't like that band very much. But a lot of people really do. You know. Um, Definitely. Point being, throw it out there. Throw yourself yeah. out there, and yeah. uh, you'll probably get a more positive response than you think you will. That'd be that be that would be very validating. Don't for let the, the haters uh, hate. I think you got to get some haters. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. If you have haters, that's awesome. That means you're succeeding. Uh, I think that wraps it up for me for my week. Do you have a fictional fun fact today? Oh, I do. I don't know why I ask. We cap every episode off. It's a good segue. Give me your fictional fun. I want it. <laughs> I know you've got one, Chad. Just give me it. Like, oh, I'm surprised. You have a fictional. Oh, love that. <laughs> Surprising us all. Okay, so Ray Bradbury wrote the first draft of Fahrenheit 451 on a typewriter in UCLA's library's basement that cost 10 cents for 30 minutes. Nine days and $9.80 later, he had a short story titled The Fireman that was later expanded into Fahrenheit 451. I just nice. thought that was really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah, like wrote a book about burning books in a building full of books. Oh, I didn't even think about it like that. Yeah, <laughs> that's, really, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah, Bradbury's awesome. He really love, is. Love me some Bradbury. Uh, I have a book of his called uh, Zen in the Art of Writing. This is a really mm -hmm. fantastic book, and it's kind of like um, it's like a, cr a chronological uh, collection of his his um, like mini essays and just kind of musings on the craft. So it starts when he's like really young, and then they um, put it all chronologically till when he was much older. You know, so it's like you can kind of like see his thoughts on writing, kind of like um, they don't change really drastically, but you can kind of see them maturing as he like gets evolving older. a little it's bit. It's really cool. really interesting. It's a cool read. Now, that's another book I'm recommending to people. <laughs> yes, you're full of. Have you uh, ever read Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance? I have not. That's a good book. Is it good? It seems it's a very good book. It's heady. What is it even? You gotta yeah, stop it seems a lot. like that's like the ultimate book if you want to like live out in the forest and make your clothes yeah. out of wheat. You know. <laughs> yeah. like, I'm so sorry to just like make throw your people out of wheat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Um, Am I off wow. base here? Like, is that? no but it's it is a very good book with a lot of like really good lessons and like totally good ways to think about the world and i don't want to go super philosophical mode but like half of it is just like you know maintenance on his, the motorcycle and that's kind of used as like an analogy for uh some of the points that he's trying to make and i found a lot of value from it isn't it it's super long right yeah it's not it's not thin <laughs> i really want to read it it's kind of like the um malazan books in that i think it'll be way better the second read through it's kind of asking and looking into the concept of like quality 
and what is quality it's really i don't know it's it's very heady like it takes like i said i think i'll be benefited by reading it a second time but that book is good enough for you to be a reread like it's oh yeah point. like okay oh yeah cool. yeah then uh yeah i'll put that on my list then if you're looking for a philosophical like life-altering like book though read man's search for meaning by victor frankel i have heard that is the one yeah that's, that's the one yeah it's really short too right? it's really that's short a, too yeah super short <laughs> i have it okay so back to the fahrenheit 451 thing um the right oh yeah the, sorry the i moved on fast thing. I don't want to like ruin this fun fact or anything, <laughs> but it's like the uh, the nine dollars and eighty cents thing, right? It's like right. that's nice, but in nineteen fifty three, according to the dollartimes dot com, <laughs> nine dollars and eighty cents was equivalent to. Did you just uh, look this up, you huge yeah. bastard? <laughs> I had to look it up because I was like, this is way too heartwarming of a story. Like, yeah, you're uh, right. Inflation is mm, adjusted for inflation. Nine dollars and eighty cents is equivalent to $102 in 2022. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it costs them $100. Quite, quite the big like, spender. <laughs> I mean, well, for a short story. It's not that bad, yeah. But, I mean, it's just well, funny because, like, story, now, now you get to type it up on a computer, you know. Right, um, right. But you'd have to buy the computer. I don't know. Like, <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I don't know. It is. I, I remember when I would graduate, not graduate, when I would do well in high school, my grandpa would come over and he'd be like, I hear you got really good grades this year and then he would give me a dollar and i always was like thanks grandpa and then i'd walk away thinking like i can't even buy a candy bar with this like this is not it's nothing no value but you know to, in his mind he was like hooking like $10. me up yeah yeah, yeah. It's so still not really it's like have a night on the town <laughs> <laughs> take your girl out yeah <laughs> take take her out to the sock hop chad i saw a video earlier Go today up that... to make out point <laughs> yeah exactly. watch the sun come up uh, I saw a video today that was talking about like um, just the new generation's perspective on things. And this, it was a mother telling a story about her kid asking why we say rolling up the windows as opposed to pressing the button oh. to bring it up because they, you don't roll up windows anymore. You just press the button and it comes up. And to me, it's like obvious because like I used to roll up my window, but you don't do that anymore. And apparently we're so far beyond that, that kids don't even know why we say that anymore. <laughs> What a lost generation. I know. They'll never know about the <laughs> good old times. Know. When we had to, <laughs> when we had to walk up both <laughs> up, up uphill both ways and roll down our windows manually. Whew, rough stuff. Baked potato for lunch and it warmed our hands on the way to school. Yeah. Only two plaza toilet paper per use. <laughs> I remember my mom telling me about that uh, and how her grandma wanted her to always only use like two plies because that's how much she had to use during the great depression and i remember saying mom we're not in the great depression anymore <laughs> no we have to apply those principles yeah she was like oh, fair point <laughs> well i think with that uh that'll that'll do it for us today on the monday morning minute everybody thank you so much for listening to this episode if you're on your way to work or you're just hanging out at home we really appreciate you being here and of course happy reading We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody.